Well, we might as well get this started. Welcome to episode four of the Life Short Live Free podcast. I'm your host, Sam. I'm here with uh, Toad. He's a uh, recovering gun addict with a weird 1911 fetish. (laughs) (laughs) We also have uh, Johnson. He's just kind of a gun nut who's happy to be here. And uh, my little brother, Box. He's in on Shyworks with me. He does all our Kydex uh, holsters and wallets. So uh, this is sponsored by Shyworks, of course. We do Cerakote and, like I just mentioned, holsters and wallets. Our Slimline wallet, if you guys are looking for a new one, go check it out. They're pretty awesome. Everybody that... Everybody that has ones, uh, they uh, they seem to love it. So, um, yeah, let's just dive right in. We're uh, this is a little bit of a different episode for us uh, today because uh, typically we go out and shoot previous to every episode, um, but we did a machine gun shoot yesterday, a little little deal called Freedom Fest that we had a freaking riot at. Um, so yeah, that was a pretty damn good time, wasn't it, fellas? It was. It was a blast. It was okay. Okay, <laughs> you're not invited back next year. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There's, you know, a good group of guys there, and we shot everything we could imagine. You know, it was there was a lot of cool stuff there, and it was there was really no plan for the day. It was just come out, shoot, hang out, have fun. You shoot know, machine and, guns. That was the entire plan, pretty much. Yeah, and grenade launcher, fifty cal. Yeah, and it was fun. We had a lot of fun, and we had a lot of fun after, and that's why we're a little, <laughs> a little all a little lackluster. Yeah, today. that's that's also <laughs> yeah. why there is no whiskey of the week this week because it's well, it's about one thirty in the afternoon, and nobody feels like drinking whiskey, I guess, right now. Don't so. you have whiskey in your coffee? <laughs> there's a, there's a there's just a splash, <laughs> a little hair of the dog situation. We'll just call it. Yeah. Um, because after the uh, after the shoot yesterday, we went up to well, we went down to Dooskies here in town and. Ate some supper, and then we came up here and had a little fire on the patio just out there. So it was pretty fun. But uh, so the whole situation was um, how this whole Freedom Fest started. And you probably didn't hear about it because it was a uh, it was a shoot just um, for our Facebook group, Life Short, Live Free. Um, if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. It's pretty awesome. Um, but it was just for them, them guys and our little group. It was only held what twelve or fifteen. 15 people yeah, out there total, 15. you know, we, we wanted and, to keep it small. Just And people were in and out a little bit too, yeah. so it wasn't like there was. Yeah, um, but the deal was I, I, I got hooked up with this uh, guy who has a. You need to word that differently. Phrasing. <laughs> 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 so I know this guy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, through the, uh, my laser, laser guys that I work with. And uh, I went up and I called him up. And ask him if he would be interested in coming down and bringing some of his uh his some of his many machine guns that he has. Um, but I went up there and visited him, and uh, they were telling me that he had a lot of he had a lot of guns. But when I walked in there, it's just like holy shit! Like I was I was bracing myself for a lot of guns, but I was freaking impressed. Like so, we had uh. <laughs> We decided what how how many guns we wanted, you know, what kind of guns we wanted, and he had every single freaking one, like no, you know, just normal guns, but he had everything. And every I asked him if he, oh yeah, you got this, you got this, yeah, yeah, he had a Steyr Aug, freaking, of course he had a Barrett, not a machine gun, but that's pretty awesome. This dude had a freaking legit mini gun, like I was I was impressed, pretty freaking awesome deal. Um, 
So yesterday afternoon, he flew his plane down, and I went and picked him up. With a, <laughs> so I, I there was we landed. He landed at this airfield over by Lawton. So I, I roll up there, and he obviously wasn't there yet. But the the old guy that lives on the airfield came out, and I was like, "Hey, I'm picking this guy up," you know. And I had my Glock 19 on my hip, and it was covered with my shirt because I didn't know, you know, I wanted to be respectful. I didn't know this guy, and. Uh, so I was kind of tiptoeing around a little bit, and he he asked what I do. So I told him, you know, I I, I do Cerakote and I I coat guns for a living. And pretty soon he starts going off on the the freaking libtards and all these idiots trying to ban guns. And I'm like, yeah, we're good. There's not going to be any any issues here. And uh, so we the plane finally lands, and we roll out of there. He hands me a freaking. Uh, uh, M16 with a grenade launcher on the bottom of it and an AK and the, the old guy's just like, oh my god, man, <laughs> like, <laughs> doing some gun running up in here or something. But uh, that was uh, so then we we went down to uh, down to the the shoot there in Correctionville where we had it, and um, it was a freaking riot. We had a we had an AK, um, M16, MP5, couple MP5s, couple AKs, of course, um, a Uzi. Um, Glock, Glock, 18. Glock 18 M4 that Polish yep. gun M4 yeah they had a one of the cool ones that I, he brought down was one it was it's really actually kind of weird because my last issue of firearms news magazine I got this gun was on the cover and it's a Polish PM63 which fires a 9 by 18 Makarov cartridge and they did this whole like 10 page article on this gun I'd never heard of it in my life and here two months later I'm shooting one and it was kind of really cool but, uh, yeah, definitely a goofy little gun, but a neat one. I didn't get to shoot that one. Yeah, that's one I <coughs> wish I would have. That what, 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 uh, was it chambered in? 9 by 18 macro. Okay. And, uh, he, he was like, yeah, it's got this flip sight on it on the back end. And I didn't know that. So the back sight on that little, it's a little machine pistol. It's about this big, about, you know, and, uh, you flip the sight and they're marked 25, 50, 75, and it just, Go, I think it goes up to 150. Huh. And he's like, aim at the bottom. He goes, what is this, 150 yard range? I'm like, I think so. He goes, aim at the bottom of that top railroad tie. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no fracking way this little mm -hmm. tiny pee of a bullet is going to be that. And damned if it didn't hit right where I aimed. Mm. I was impressed. Yeah, he was telling me he hit out to like 100 or 150 yards with that the other day on a steel yeah. plate. Yeah. It's pretty impressive for a gun that small. Yeah. It was cool. Well, and another thing that he told you too was, don't get right up on there because that yeah. slide will just knock your teeth out. Yeah, and <laughs> it was no joke that yeah. thing. So like the slide, the whole top of the gun, it was kind of like a you know like a Glock or a. But it fires from an open bolt position, so the yeah. slides all the way back. Yeah, and, and it it reciprocate. You know, the fire rate was, it wasn't super fast. But it was enough that you could like be creeping up on it and it just start knocking your teeth yeah. out while you're get, shooting it. Like it'd get it. six rounds in your teeth before you even know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty I did that with the Glock eighteen and I got you know, I was creeping up on a little bit and it just give me a little love tap on the nose or lip. <laughs> Back off that guy a little bit. Our friend Greg came out and um uh he was sh shooting some of the machine guns and then uh, he brought his own pistol. And he comes up to me after he got done shooting his own gun. And he's like, come out here and shoot all these machine guns. And the one gun that gets me of the day is my own gun. And while well, he'd squeezed up too far on the grip, and the slide bit him in the hand. Yeah, a little slide bite. 
Yeah. Somebody got scope bit. We know who that was. Who was that? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I bet if you if you zoomed in on the on the box, the what's wrong with your you nose, bud? It's just a little more. Just a, just it a didn't get him near as bad as it is. It, it like, could. I watched the video this morning of that. It doesn't even look like. I don't know how it even got me. It doesn't. It just looks like a normal shot. Yeah. I don't know if it was there was a, something on the side of that scope. What was it? There was a Someone. piece of like a plastic red piece on the left oh, side. Oh, it was just the oh, scope cap. It was just the scope release. I think that might have been what got. Yeah. I I felt kind of bad because he was like, oh, Box got bit. He was bleeding a little bit. I was like, shit. Because I (laughs) sat there and I had to like hold his hand and carry him down to the gun. Like, you can do it. It's okay. He was so (laughs) scared of it. To be fair. (laughs) To be fair. Mark that one up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That thing, it wasn't. The recoil, like I, you knew, you were shooting a big freaking gun for damn sure. Fifty like, BMG, yeah, a bolt. Uh, what BMG. was it called? A ferret. It's a ferret, ferret. 50, instead yeah. of a Barrett. I, I find that hilarious. Um, but it, it freaking, I, I was happy to shoot it once, and I, and I was, I was good with that because it, I ain't a very big dude either. I ain't got a whole lot of meat in my shoulder, and it freaking thumped pretty good. I mean, it didn't like, you know, my shoulder is fine. It didn't hurt really, but it's just. Oh yeah, but you knew a, you were shooting. You definitely knew you were <laughs> shooting was, a big old freaking gun. Well, I paid him, you know, I was the first to shoot it, and uh, I came up to him. He wanted four bucks a round, so I gave him, you know, eight bucks. He's like, I want to shoot this thing at least twice. And so we get it over there, and, and at that time, we're on the rifle range. We were actually firing um, chalk grenades. Uh, they're legal, but. Uh, so we waited, and I'm holding this thing on my shoulder, and I'm like, I had to switch shoulders because this gun weighs like 40 pounds. And so I shoot, and as I'm getting down to or lay down to shoot, and he's like, I tell you what, he's like, fire these two, but I'll give you a free shot if you can stand up and shoulder fire that thing. And I'm like, shoulder fire a 50 cal. I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> and then I hear back behind me this chubby little jackass. <laughs> named Johnson do it you fucking pussy <laughs> and then of course everybody starts saying it and I'm like damn it now I've got to do it so I laid down fired my two and then I stand up and Box has the video but uh, I was like just, do you guys got it is everybody ready to film this thing because I can't hold it much longer <laughs> yeah. the recoil standing up was nothing compared to the recoil laying down and really, I, I think that's because you're holding all this weight, and it's not laying on the ground. And I don't know. It just it didn't rock me as hard, nearly as hard as I thought it would. I mean, it, it was a lot like firing a three inch twelve gauge deer slug. Huh. Yeah. But laying down, that thing thumped the crap out of me. Yeah. Well, and the one thing that I didn't really enjoy about shooting that thing, because I think I put five rounds through it, mm-hmm. and uh. My wife actually shot it too, so I was pretty impressed with that. I was pretty happy she got behind it and shot it. Yeah. She said it wasn't as bad as she originally expected it to be, which is I think kind of common because people really think that you know, it's a 50 BMG so it's just going to rip your arm off, but you know, it's kind of like as far as um your fundamentals of shooting a gun that has some recoil, like a 12 gauge slug or something, you know, you just want to pull it tight to your shoulder, make sure you're lined up behind it. And, you know, but 
by like the first round I fired, I was kind of gun shy, you know, like, oh, this bit. is going to hurt. And then I shot and I was like, okay, that wasn't so bad. And so I shot my next three and then the fifth shot again. By the time I was on the fifth shot, I was a little bit gun shy again. I was like, okay, I could not lay here and shoot this all day long. <laughs> right? So I shot five. I was getting kind of timid again, but. I want to say the 50 B&B was originally designed, and don't quote me on this, I might be making an ass of myself, but it, I think he originally designed it to go through, like it was an anti-tank rifle in World War One. I, I think is what they used it for. Yeah, I think, I don't, I, don't I don't know that for sure, I thought, I, I think I read that somewhere, but uh, I don't know, and then of course you've got the the M2, the Mod Deuce, uh, 50 caliber machine gun that's mm -hmm. been in service for ever, and... So I, I, uh, after I shot that Barrett, I went back over to the other side, um, and I, I shot that MP5 again. I want to take, I wanted to take that thing home. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. But, uh, so after, you know, I just had this massive recoil from the, from the, the 50 cal, and then I go over and shoot that MP5, and, you know, I just, I wasn't just thinking at all. I'd, I'd already shot it, but I'm bracing for recoil again, you know, and yeah. it's just like, oh, it's like you're shooting a BB gun now. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> right. So yeah. this, uh, we had to do a little bit of conniving to, this range doesn't allow full auto, uh, typically. So I had to do calling around to the conservation board that runs the place and dealing with the ranger down there. But it turned out that the ranger, um, was, uh, did he go to school with you or something, Bob? Yeah, he was in my class. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, I kind of knew this guy a little bit and talked to him <laughs> before and stuff. So, um, he was pretty cool getting everything kosher for us to for us to do this. Um, but he comes over when we were shooting that 50 cal. And at this point, this is Greg was shooting it and he shot it a couple times, I think <laughs> freaking blew his hat clean off. Just, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the Ranger's like, what in the hell is that thing? You know, <laughs> is that a 50? Yeah. And I was kind of worried, you know, he was going to say, yeah, you guys shouldn't be shooting a 50 out here, but he didn't, he didn't seem to care. And then sh shortly after we were, he, he kind of looks at me and goes, are you guys shooting freaking grenades out here? I'm like, uh, yes and no. The propulsion system's the same, but the end result doesn't really go boom. They were just the chalk grenades, you know. Kind of neat, at least, you know, cloud of chalk or whatever. But um, I, I got a chuckle out of that. Are you guys shooting freaking grenades over here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that grenade launcher was super cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I went out. I, that's what I did this morning. I went out there and I, I walked that whole range and picked up the little pucks or whatever the hell they were from mm -hmm. it because they were about yay wide or this big around and that long just a solid chunk of metal so if they hit the uh, mower blades you know they'd screw it up pretty pretty freaking good so i went <laughs> up and picked out every single one i could find but um i went back over the other side the pistol side where we did all the machine gun stuff i saw one piece of brass that dude cleaned that place out, and we went through thousands of rounds. Like, yeah, I don't know exactly. Yeah, they have been out there till dark. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, because when I got there, <clears throat> when I got there uh, about eleven, ten thirty, eleven o'clock, he was already he was out there picking up brass, and um, he asked what I was doing, so I told him we we're gonna have a machine gun shoot, and he's like, <laughs> you could see this glimmer in his eyes, like, <laughs> all right, you guys. He's like, are you guys gonna pick up the brass? I'm like. Now it's all yours, buddy. So he had a he had the freaking brass jackpot out there. Yeah, I think he enjoyed it. Yeah, he well we were he was there by the time we were picking everything up, and he like 
Wasted no time. Like, walked right over. You guys done shooting? Yep. Down on all fours. Yeah. Just digging the stuff out of the grass. And I wonder how how much he actually, you know, he's got to have, apparently he's out there all the time. He's got to have just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of of, Mm -hmm. uh, brass. But he even picked up the metal. metal Yeah, he had a big magnet that he was picking up steel case stuff and just throwing it in the dumpster. You know, he was. Nice of him. Yeah, just cleaning up so they didn't hit it with the mowers and stuff. But. Yeah, I don't know if he, you know, clean it and clean yeah, maybe it and he sells it. it and I, sells it at maybe, gun shows, or I don't well, know, because you see a lot of people at gun shows selling brass. Yeah, you know, yeah, for people who do reload their own stuff. But. So, um, my favorite gun, hands down, MP5, followed by the uh, the M16, and shortly after that was the Uzi. Just because the cyclic rate of the Uzi, I freaking love that thing. You can it's so controllable, and you can just you know it's not jumping all over the place and rising on you. It's a uh, that was my my top three. So what were your guys' favorites? Well, I want to say that the Uzi was far better taken yeah. care of and <laughs> a lot safer than the last full auto Uzi that we shot. Yeah, that one tried to. They say guns uh, don't kill people. That. That gun definitely tries to kill people on its own. <laughs> yeah. We got a video, and this was for Johnson's bachelor party. We went up and and did some full auto shoot, and we rented some guns, and this Uzi was one of them, and it clearly had not been cleaned near enough because it jammed up, But so I was shooting it, and um, it jammed up on me, stopped, stopped shooting, so I take my hand off the trigger, obviously, and I put it on its side, and we got this on video. My finger's clearly off the trigger, and it freaking shoots on its own. Yeah, yeah if you can pull it up. If you can pull it up. And that happened uh, several times, and by that point, we're just like, no, this is this is yeah, enough. We're not going to... Well, and it happened to me, too. Like, it tried to double feed. Yeah. And so I just I made sure I was keeping it pointed downrange, you know. And the bolt catches, it was, like, caught on the back of the magazine, because it was like trying to strip a second round, but it had like caught on the back of the magazine, and I was like, "This is not gonna be fun." So I just, you know, kept it pointed down range and pulled the magazine out, and it just <laughs> slammed home and fired the round. I was like, "My God, I this th- thing is a death trap." I think it happened to Tony too, didn't it? I'm pretty know. sure. It I don't happened. know if it was Tony, but it it might have been. But I know it happened to one other person. Luckily, yeah. we were all pretty well versed in firearm safety, so you know. But if that happened to somebody that's you know completely inexperienced and just wanted to shoot a machine gun and they pointed at their foot or turn around and say, "Hey, this stopped working," you know, and yeah, what the heck's wrong with this thing? And all of a sudden, it goes yeah. off and smokes somebody. Yeah, that could have. So I, yeah, they really need I to. I got do... smoked by a flying chunk of ricocheting bullet yesterday. Yeah, pulled a Johnson. I was yeah. way back too, and. Yeah. Right in my arm. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Over on the rifle range? No, on the no, pistol, on the pistol range. range. One. It was that... when you you three guys were up there with the full autos and just unleashed the fury. Yeah. Something came back and hit me in the arm. I was like, "Huh, yeah. that's neat." Well, and James said that he caught, yeah, caught he a piece of the, the arm too. too, and I got drilled at my bachelor party right in the neck with a piece. Somebody was shooting. I don't know what we were shooting at that time, but I mean that. That tells you how important, like, your eye protection is. Definitely. Too, yeah. You know, you don't... A lot of people, you know, <clears throat> when they go out shooting, they think about hearing protection, but they don't always think about eye protection. Yep. Uh, yeah. And it's like, I'm you're guilty. shooting into a sand berm. Oh, God. You know, okay. But if you're shooting at steel targets, or, like, we had shepherd's hooks hanging targets up, you know, and those <laughs> things get chewed up, and the steel gets chewed up and stuff, and you can 
get a weird, I you had, know, just a little chunk flying past you. I had you. The, the worst. I had a, um, when I was a kid, my first gun my parents ever bought me was a Marlin Model 6022. Great, great 22. Great yeah, first sure gun I for a kid. But, uh, it used to do this thing. 22 powder doesn't always burn all of it, you know? Right. And I remember being out there and shooting it, and it was like, I was trying to shoot real fast, you know, and I was probably like 13, 14, and a chunk of that <laughs> burning powder came back and like got stuck in my eye, and it just hurt so freaking bad. So I mean, even small guns you need eye protection. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm you guys know I'm I'm rather guilty of that myself. I, you know, don't always have it on, but you're I, not, I need you're not it. guilty of it so much as you're just forgetful and forget to bring it. Yeah, that's a valid point. That's like a valid that time point. you forgot all of your guns when you came to. No, shoot. I just forgot the pistols. But <laughs> the vitally important part. Right. Um, so, anyways, you guys didn't answer my question. What were your top three guns? Mine were probably, I gotta say, the fifty. I love the hell out of that thing. And yeah. Then, Here's um, a clip of that. The M- MP5K. Here's a clip of that Uzi. That. Yeah, it's in slow motion, so you can see it. But give it a minute here, and. Yeah. So finger is clearly off the trigger, uh, and there it goes. goes. <laughs> I like how the bullet just comes back down and lands on your trigger finger. Yeah, yeah, and that was or the casing. I mean, that was uh, that was one of those when we were, when we were done with that, or when that happened, we were like, okay, take this one away. We're yeah, not dealing this. with you we're not dealing shit. with this anymore. Yeah. yeah. So Johnson, top three guns. Ah, uh, top three. Top three guns of yesterday. I would say the MP5 was number one for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't end up shooting one of the M16s. I would have liked to have, and that was a, yeah. That's that's the only regret I have is not shooting an M16. But uh, I would say number one was the MP5. Number two, I would say, is an Uzi. I didn't shoot the one yesterday, but having the experience. And knowing that with a well-maintained, fully functional Uzi, because when that one ran in Sioux Falls, it was awesome. Super mm-hmm. controllable, cyclic rate slow, yep. you know, nice and slow, easily controllable. And I think number three for me was that uh, short-barreled AK. Oh, yeah. I don't... Did I shoot? I can't remember if I shot that one. I shot the other AK Had the little metal folding stock right. on it. I shot the, the other AK quite and a bit, the, but little metal folding stock was uncomfortable but it was it was fun to shoot yeah. i mean it wasn't it wasn't something that <laughs> it wasn't something that uh you know was super controllable or there's no other reason for it being in my top three than it was just fun as hell to shoot right you know it was like it was just a it was a fun gun to shoot you know you had frigging commie <laughs> yeah, hey. well the machine gun guy he freaking he was an AK. He was guy. an AK guy through and through. He hated he hated uh, M16s and, a- and ARs. Yeah. So box, we haven't heard much from you today. What was the uh, what was your top three? I didn't even shoot three guns. <laughs> what in the hell were I, you doing the whole time? What do you think I was uh, doing? Yeah, our videographer. <laughs> well, you should have taken. What did you shoot? I shot the MP5, of course, and the Uzi. Uzi more than anything, actually. I think I put three mags through the Uzi. So your favorite was probably, of course, we you know. Yeah, hands down. MP5. He's uh, he's kind of like he's kind of like Toad with the 1911 box has a MP5 fetish as well. So I used yeah. to, and have, I can't really say I blame him. I used to have a, um, it wasn't even close to you know that, but I had a, it was a 22 caliber MP5, ran the exact same and 
that thing was just funner than hell to shoot, you know? Yeah, Cheap I can imagine. Shoot, but it used to have this problem where you'd try to rapid fire it, and there was a uh, little bolt in the back of the stock that would rattle loose and cause the gun to malfunction. So I kind of got rid of her. Yeah, I and I think I think all of us really enjoy it, the MP5. You know, like they were. It's a classic platform, man. I mean, it's it's been around since <clears throat> I want to say the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, it's used by it's still used by militaries and police around the world, um, and it's it's just an all around great. Great yeah, gun. and they're and they're super reliable too. From what I hear, that yeah. you know they're they just they don't break, they don't have malfunctions. They... Well, someday, someday when I get my manufacturers, my SLT, and all that good shit, we can build this one. I want to get. I'm just it. gonna I... straight up buy one when I'm rich and famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know how that goes for you. It'll I'd probably I... be around the same time we have Keanu on the show. Oh, episode 200. <laughs> well, we got we got 196, 190, about 195 episodes before we have to have Keanu on. So that is, if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, in episode one, I claim that by episode 200, we're going to have Keanu Reeves on just because he's, uh, he's a freaking stud. And he's uh, he could outshoot all of us here, I'm fairly certain, including Toad, even though Toad thinks he's... <sighs> Apparently 1911 Jesus. Better than you guys. Oh, I never said that. But boy, <laughs> I could sure outshoot you with one. Uh, yeah, you are you are a better shot than me at this point. I will give you that. Yeah, to be so, fair, so I'm last, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just last, kidding. <laughs> last night around a few beers, uh, me and Sam, we go back and I'm forth. I'm so tired I was, of this. I always give <laughs> crap about Glocks, which a Glock is actually a pretty good gun. Sam's just such a fanboy that it's fun to give him shit. And I, I challenged him to an ac- I challenged him to an accuracy contest, um, between my 1911 and his Glock, and he wants to wait. He said okay, but he he wants to do it at the end of summer, so he has a chance to get better. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm not that I'm not that accurate yet. I'm still, and that's that's one of the things we're doing on this podcast is we're all. Pretty shitty shooters. Um, Speak for yourself. Well, to, as far as a competition shooter, we're extremely rudimentary, extremely, extremely new at this. And, but, as far as competition shooting, yeah, right? Accuracy wise, though, we're all pretty decent. But yeah, I, I do, and I've never claimed to be a great shooter, but I am trying to improve, and I, I think everybody should be doing that. But that's kind of what we're doing on this podcast is, is just kind of uh, recording our, uh, our journey yeah. through the. Through uh, becoming better at better at shooting, um, which uh, kind of segues into the next episode we want to talk about. Johnson here took next a little episode, huh? our next uh, topic. Excuse me. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out. Um, <laughs> keep everybody in check around here. <laughs> we call you out on things all the time. Yeah, you do. I can't get away with shit around here. You <laughs> learn pricks. from your mistakes, Sam. Um, so, anyways. Little segue into the next uh, segment. Uh, Johnson went and took a, uh, a a class at uh, RevTech, not too far from here. Uh, long range shooting class. So uh, yeah, it was a two and a half day long range precision course. Um, first day, you know, just kind of the afternoon. It started on a Friday afternoon and just went over how to set how to set your rifle up properly and like a proper technique for mounting your rifle and shooting from the prone position. And, um, it was really about setting your scope up, setting your eye relief and your length of pull on your rifle and just getting everything set how it needs to be so that you can 
comfortably lay behind the gun. Um, after that, on the second on Saturday morning, we went out and grouped with 22s. Um, they wanted us to basically show that we could execute the fundamentals of shooting and, you know, actually shoot a group before we go out and start shooting, you know, more expensive rounds. You know, it's better to practice with ammo that's four cents around than right. a dollar or some guys were shooting five dollars around, six dollars around. Yeah. Um so we did that and then we went on to zeroing our rifles, our um the big rifles. We started zeroing those and then we started shooting out at range and um I learned a ton. Um my buddy Mike went with me and we both learned an immense amount. Like the amount of information that was given to us was incredible. And those guys just did an awesome job teaching. Um, and the instructors of that class, one was a Marine Corps sniper, just, just got out like in the last, within the last year, he just got out. And the other, um, is currently an army sniper. And they, I mean, they know so much, but they only give you the stuff that you need to know as a civilian shooter. You know, like right. they give you the information that's helpful to you. They don't give you a bunch of technical mumbo jumbo that doesn't mean much to you. Yeah. So they really gave us the vital information. If we had questions, you know, and wanted to get more in depth on certain topics, they were very good about answering your questions. And, um, it's just nice to have instructors who, have have real world experience shooting long range right. precision, you know, and um oh boy. That's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was it was a really good class. Um we had we had the ability to shoot out to a mile on the second day. Um the conditions weren't there for us. So the first day we had an eight hundred meter range and we were hitting a standard 12 by 20 silhouette at 800 meters without a problem on the first day. But the second day, um, the conditions weren't quite as good. You couldn't see trace hardly at all because it was just, the sun was beating down. It was like 85 degrees, low humidity. Sun was beating down, you know, clear skies. So it was hard to catch trace. Mm -hmm. And all of our targets were in like waist deep grass. So you couldn't spot your misses at all you know right. you're you're basically doing your math for sizing targets and ranging the targets based on milling the size so it's like okay I, you know according to my reticle this target is 1100 meters away or 1200 meters away and so then you just do your math you do your dials look at the mirage calculate wind what direction you thought it was out of and shoot and hope you're on target i mean and we worked in teams, so you had like a shooter spotter team, and you know it was really good because Mike and I have always worked really well with each other. We've always communicated well, so it was good to have like a spotter that I could communicate with. And uh, I think we both got out to eleven hundred meters. I think we both had hits at eleven hundred meters. Pretty damn good. But. We we were both a little disappointed that we couldn't get out to the mile because I think both of us are capable and both of our rifles are capable of hitting at a mile, and 
it was it just kind of sucked that we didn't have because we don't have a lot of opportunity around here to you know find a place to shoot a mile range right and so it was like okay we have the opportunity to shoot at a mile range you know but it was just like the conditions just weren't there and you know because you couldn't see so like the biggest thing with the spotter is they spot your miss and they can give you your adjustments right so hey your wind hold was off by you know by two mil or mm-hmm. one and a half mil or whatever it is and you can make that adjustment quick and shoot again so another thing that they told us was it's a lot about you know you hear with snipers it's one shot one kill well that's not generally how it happens it's usually one shot of correction and then a second shot is a kill right. so it's like a second shot hit at long range stuff um but that's that's the important part is being able to see that miss, spot that miss, and make those corrections. Right. So, but we learned we learned a ton, and the two of us being able to communicate as a shooter spotter team, you know, doesn't matter which one of us is shooting and which one of us is spotting. That's that's crucial. Yeah. And that was that was not only the math and ranging targets, and I know Mike really enjoyed the stuff that we learned about like wind and uh uh spin drift so spin drift at like on our rifles we were shooting six millimeter creedmoor but spin drift at like 800 meters it it moves the bullet a lot just from the bullet spins you know clockwise if you're looking at the back of it and it you know it'll just start pulling itself down and right Right. and so it was like it was interesting to see what what mirage looks like for different wind and being able to calculate for those wind directions and speeds and being able to calculate your corrections that you need to make it was so question how much has um the civilian uh rifles improved in say in the last 10 years even in um, 10 years incredibly i mean because even you see these um well, you're the same thing. You got Ruger Precision. You know, mm-hmm. they've gone off the shelf for an extremely reasonable price. But the, the I was watching this show the other day, and it was like a 10 or 15-year-old show. And they were talking about this guy. He can make a 1,000-yard shot, and he's only he's one of five people in the world. And I'm thinking, what the, what the hell are you talking about? A 1,000-yard shot is not that. Right. I mean, it's a good, obviously, takes some skill, but... One only five people in the world. I thought, well, this is this is freaking ridiculous. I can't even yeah. be close to true. I, yeah, I got a chuckle out of it. Yeah, I, the the manufacturing capabilities that we have that have you know the improvements that they've made in manufacturing in the last ten or fifteen years. Right. You know the tolerancing is super tight and it's it's incredible the amount that rifles have changed. Because I mean, you go from like a Look at a Remington 700. So that's like your basic long range action, what a lot of people use. Like mm-hmm. a 308 Remington 700. Mm-hmm. And it went from a standard hunting rifle, bolt gun, wood stock, you know, to now they go to like fiberglass bedded actions or a full billet aluminum chassis or a carbon fiber chassis. Right. You know, fully free floated and bedded. And it's. It's insane the accuracy that you can get out of modern guns. It's, I mean, they have, 
you can take a Remington 700, a basic Remington 700 that you buy cheap, send it somewhere. They'll guarantee it for a quarter minute gun. It'll shoot a quarter inch group at 100 yards, and they will guarantee that. And it's like, and it's not that expensive. Like there was a guy who had a Remington 700 there that had this chassis built and had sent it to this company. He said, I want a chassis. I want it blueprinted. I want the bolt fluted and polished. I want it bedded. I want, you know, and it was like, he'd spent like 600 bucks on this rifle, sent it out there, spent like another six or $800 having this company do this stuff. And then put like, you know, I mean, he had a, he had like a $2,800 piece of glass on top of it. Right. But, this thing was a laser beam. It was incredible, the groups. And, like, Mike and I shot really good groups as well, but, you know, and that's and that's one thing is he had all this custom work done, and it was shooting a quarter-inch group, and I think I think my group was probably, it was under three-eighths of an inch at 100 yards. It was probably five-sixteenths of an inch. It was, and Mike's was the same way. Mike's was under three-eighths of an inch as well. And that's out of a factory gun. Neither of us have done anything. Right. You know, put a different muzzle brake and threw a scope on it and yeah, that's, go that shoot is, it. That's pretty impressive. Um, so. Well, I kind of want to I I kind of want to move on a little bit um, onto the next. Um, we last well was it Monday? Last Monday was Memorial Day. Yep. Um. So, but anyway, we put out this we put out this vid this video and it was actually Toad's idea. Um. If you don't know, we're based in Iowa, or so we uh, we made this video. Um, we just read through all the names of Iowa soldiers that were that had been killed since uh, since nine uh, eleven, and it was uh, just over a hundred of them, I believe. And one of them is from here in town. We all went to school with him, and and uh, Toad was a good friend with him. He's killed eleven or twelve years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um. But we just, and if you haven't seen this video, check it out. It's on our YouTube channel, I Sure Live Free, um, or this channel here, wherever you're watching this. But it was kind of, uh, I, we're all we're all extremely patriotic, um, so we we're happy to make this video. But it was working on it for that long, you know, and and actually reading those names. The thing that struck me the most was. People, I hope you guys can't hear that freaking chainsaw out there. Um, but the people that commented on this video when we posted it on Facebook were hmm. um, people of, you know, loved ones of those fallen soldiers. And I think that was, it made it kind of real. What the hell is going on? He's weed eating. Let's take a break for a minute here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pause this here one. <clears throat> All right, we're gonna we're gonna try this again. The old uh, the neighbor had the weed eater out. He's probably gonna whip out his mower here pretty soon. Chips. But uh, no, no. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna pick up kind of where we left off here. I was talking about this video that we made um, about that fallen Iowan soldiers. But the thing that struck me the most was the people that commented on there uh, the, that had loved ones whose names we read and you know said thank you for you know reading their names and, and remembering them. And this one lady even uh, said that. She had her boys watch it because their dad was their dad uh, was killed, and uh, that was kind of cool. But the thing that it did it made it it made it um, they weren't just names, you know, they weren't just things you read. They were actual, 
you know, they became people. And that was, that was kind of the coolest, one of the coolest things, um, for me at least out of, out of making that whole video. It was kind of neat. What are you shaking your head at? He's mowing. <laughs> he yeah, got he's mowing the lawnmower stuff. He's mowing the front lawn. I, I get out my BB gun here shortly. <laughs> you're all about firearm safety. Now you're going to shoot the neighbor with a BB gun just because he's mowing his yard? That's not yeah. a firearm. No, That's not a firearm. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. shoot your eye out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, and what you told me about how many people that reached and how many, you know, on Facebook even. Yeah, it was pretty neat. How many people shared it and. There's about a, there's around a hundred shares or something on Facebook, I think. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool, kind of. Yeah. Neat. It was um, it was nice to see that a lot of people, you know, and the comments on it were really good too. There was a lot of people who really enjoyed it, and even though it wasn't much, you know, just us basically saying their loved one's name. Yep. It, it meant a lot to them, and that you know, felt good to actually do something that people cared about. That you know. Right. Right. Made them remember and. Yeah. It was, it was a it was a good video idea by Toad, and it was something simple that still affected people and still, you know, had a emotional kind of an emotional bit to it. Right. Yeah. I was. Uh, I enjoyed making it and enjoyed seeing the uh, the people react to it. That was kind of yeah. cool. So, um, well, before this guy gets in his backyard, I think he's already headed this way. Yep. He's getting louder. <laughs> God. Um, we wanted to touch, there was a shooting in, uh, Lamar's the other day, not uh, Lamar's is like about 20 miles from here. Um, it's not, not a very big, I don't even know how many people are in Lamar's. Maybe 10,000 people. It's the ice cream capital of the world. 10 or, uh, thanks for that input, Toad. <laughs> 10, it was 10 or 12,000 people. Um, but anyway, there was a shooting at a high V there at the high V convenience store and I was the gas station yeah yeah and i i would just been there uh two days two days before that what the f <sighs> should we should I, should we keep going or what <laughs> we've got how does it how bad does it sound in your i can't really one. tell but i guarantee it's picking us up yeah it was i could, I could see it but i don't know, let's let's finish on the lamar's deal and then maybe we can call our good at an hour you just want to go I'm going to go one way or the other. I have to go mow <laughs> my yard, which takes four and a half hours. So anyway, there was a shooting at this place that I'd just been at two days before, which, you know, not a big deal. But um, it's the it's such a small, you know, fairly small town, and, and it was a robbery and a shooting. But that just kind of goes to show that you need to be carrying, even when in places that you don't think it's going to happen at. And I'm guilty of that myself. I carry when I leave town, um, when I leave Kingsley. Um box here he carries pretty much all the time at work con yep. you know all all day long um i don't but um just kind of highlights highlights the need for that um which kind of segues into uh the next the well the biggest part that bothered me about that whole deal is like that high v in lamar's is really good about employing like high school students right and it was i know for sure one of them was a high school student that got shot. Neither one of them, nobody died. Luckily, both of them survived, and he was found dead with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. But good. It was the thing that bothered me was it's like at six a.m. on a Sunday morning. Yep. Six a.m. on a Sunday morning, you're going to a high V gas station, so you're gonna go shoot two high school kids. 
the two gas station attendants for what are you going to get out of a gas station at six o'clock on a Sunday morning? Twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, the guy was obviously it just it, either know. desperate or mentally yeah. not there. Um, it but, just yeah, that was the part that bothered me. It was it's like you know high school kids working a summer job, you know working at the gas station and they don't deserve crap like that and it's yeah that was too bad um but that kind of segues into the next topic that i wanted to talk about um just carrying a gun on a, on a daily basis and a lot of times when you tell um say a person that's not even not even uh anti-gun necessarily um yeah i carry i carry a gun well why are you are you paranoid no i'm just understand that you know this stuff does happen and but the thing that I find I find hilarious about that is if you do talk to an anti-gun person apparently there's this this rash of shootings in in the US and it's a freaking epidemic and thousands of people are killed every day okay whatever um but then when you mention well yeah I carry a gun well why are you freaking paranoid you just said you just said that yeah. there's an epidemic why are you not doing the same damn thing why are you not why are you not protecting yourself? But in yourself? their mind, we're the problem, and that's why there's a gun epidemic. Is because we carry a gun every day, even well, though they have no idea. Yeah. This, the, well, I, I gonna... think the real epidemic is people inserting their opinions on topics they know absolutely effing nothing about. Yeah. That's the epidemic. Is well, people they saw think... an article on Facebook that yeah. said so. The epidemic is people thinking that their opinion really freaking matters well, to dude, everyone. Welcome to, welcome to the new, new United States with Facebook. Everybody inserts their opinion into everything and thinks that the knows, including me. I, I guess I, I I'm guilty to, of the same about thing. About to but. point that out. Usually when I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see a politically charged article pop up in my feed and it'll say something like, Sam Shire, comment on this. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> yes, I am guilty of that. Yeah, but at least it's something you're knowledgeable about. Right. And, you know, and you've done your research on it and you've done your due diligence to make sure that what you're saying is factual and not just some bull crap that you read. Yeah, you're you're real good at actually that. because you, you, you absolutely like you set people in your place and you 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 destroy some people every once in a while and it's pretty well, awesome. Well and that's and that's the biggest problem is with all the social media and everything, there's no there's nothing to hold anybody to what they say. Hold you them know? accountable. Yeah, there's exactly. no accountability. And Anybody can just say whatever they want, and they they know absolutely nothing about it, but they can say it and put it out there for the entire world to read, and the entire wor the rest of the world can look at it and be like, well, this person thinks this, so I should think that, well, when they have no idea what they're actually talking about. Welcome to CNN and yeah. any any major news outlet anymore. And the, the reason why we're so divided at this point is because that's the only thing that the major news networks do. They tell they tell you their freaking opinion. It's not the it's not the news. It's not the news. It's... And it's not and this is guilty on both sides. This is a left wing and a right wing a right wing deal. They they preach to their you know, to their viewers the way that they should be thinking rather than the freaking facts. Right. And so when so when we come together to have a conversation about it, you can't agree on anything because one person wants, you know, 
has these opinions and the other person has these opinions and they're two polar opposites, they're never going to freaking agree on anything. And it that is just pisses me off but beyond it's and just, I think it's it ridiculous. Com- I think it comes down to money too because there's no more. It's all about – so most of the news is on the internet now. Yep. Right? That's where they make their money and on ads and stuff is on the internet because a lot of people get their news from the internet. Yeah. And they want clicks on their stories because that gets more traffic and more ad revenue. Right? Yep. So instead of, you know, like doing actual journalism and investigative journalism where they actually get all their facts in line, and then write the story about it, they just throw some crap out there so they get a bunch of people on to click on it before they even know if what they're writing an article about is true or not. Well, and that's the way with this uh, the whole Trump-Russian collusion nonsense. And this is not a political... I don't give a shit where you stand on the issue. The, the simple facts were the entire media had already decided that Trump had colluded with Russia. And there was facts to back this up? Absolutely freaking zero. There was not a single freaking... Fa- and they still haven't They still yeah. haven't came out with any facts. You ask some, some left-wing person, well, what happened there? He colluded with Russia. You got, you got any proof of this? Well, no. Where, what's, where's the evidence? Well, I don't know. They, they just told me to, that's what happened. Well, that's not how this works. You have to freaking you have to you have to have some evidence of literally anything. You know, it's right. just it's just beyond ridiculous at this yeah. point. And that and that's it doesn't even have to be about big political stories. It no, can it's be anything. local stories yep. even. And that's what really gets me is even small local stories and these people like these news stations these news stations just write the fastest article no proofreading, misspelled words, missing punctuation, all kinds of crap. No they facts. Don't, no facts. They just throw an article together, get it out there, so somebody will click on this thing, and we can get some more ad revenue. That's all they care about. Yep. And then, and then when they don't um, care about the actual news, when they got to issue a correction, it's on the bottom of their web page that nobody's ever going to freaking yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. They never. Oh, we messed up. You know. Yeah, and and and, and that to make this a little lighter. <laughs> I actually got an email uh, Friday from somebody at work that sent me a a clip from a Facebook, KTIV's Weather Facebook page. Mm -hmm. It was like, this can only happen to a weather guy at a news station. The only guy that can be wrong all the time and still keep his job, right? But the the article said... And it was him standing in front of the weather screen, you know. And it was like, the rest of our day will be hot and dry. We could see some some thunderstorms come in later this afternoon into this evening. Although rainfall amounts should be light, there could be some storms that are heavy. <laughs> so it's going to be hot and dry unless it rains, in which case it'll rain a little bit, or it might be really bad. It's like a hundred percent chance oh. of weather this afternoon. We don't know. Nailed it. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding yeah. me? The weather. We're going to have some weather, but we don't really know which. <laughs> right. I was like, you might so as well just, throw just snow and hail in there too, I, just I, to get I, all your. If you're going out covered. for the day, make sure you throw on an umbrella and some sunblock. I have kind of, a, <laughs> I, have, I have kind of a funny weather story related thing. 
An umbrella and some sunblock. Yeah. I have, I have kind of a, a story about that too, like the weatherman being wrong. So two years ago, we were out in the Badlands bow hunting for mule deer, and it was me and Clements and Andrews. And we went into this place we call it the wall. It's like a two-mile section. goes all the way back. And we knew a storm was coming in, and it wasn't supposed to get there till 6. And we're like, all right, it's going to be dark by 5.30, whatever. We're going to be going. You're in the Black road. Hills, though. We were in the Badlands. Close enough, I guess. But... Yeah, the weather changes every 14 so minutes. I spent like three and a half hours creeping back to this place about two miles from the truck to get set up on this ledge where I'd seen these deer walk in the last two days. And... Clements texts me, he goes, I see lightning. I'm going back to the fucking truck. Like, my friend, friend, bleep, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, My friend Jason doesn't like lightning, understandably. But uh, Eric pops up on a knoll in front of me about 150 yards away and starts going like this, pointing up. And I'm like, I can't, there's a 200-foot ledge of dirt and rock. I can't see anything. And he calls me, he's like, we need to go, that storm's here. And I got down to the valley floor, and I turned around and looked, and it was one of those just rollers, you know. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, God, stupid weatherman, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we just got absolutely drenched. The wind kicked up to about 60 miles an hour. It blew rain through my waterproof Gore-Tex and started lightning. And here me and Eric are walking across the friggin' prairie with two chunks of metal in our hands, you know, <laughs> like, this just sucks really bad. Yeah. Well, the weatherman um, is never right. And and I think what's especially funny. Especially nowadays. And I think what's funny is basically, like, winter's here. It's, it's going to snow, you know, but it's never really that much. But if they call for a snowstorm and it's, like, accumulations two to four inches, Mm-hmm. expect a foot and a half. Yeah, pretty and much. And if That's... they say, everyone be prepared, we have a big storm front moving in, you know, and they're talking about it for a week before it happens, uh-huh. expect to get maybe Nothing. a quarter inch of snow. Yeah. But if it, like, comes out of nowhere and they just nonchalantly say we're going to get, mm-hmm. you know, one to two inches of yeah. accumulation, really, it's going to be that, a shit storm. That drove me nuts this year on that Facebook. Terrible. People, oh, we're going to have a storm in, in a week and a half. And they'd post about it every single day. And, oh, it's going to be it's gonna be horrible. Everybody get braced for this thing. I'm just like, yeah. you could have told me about this a day in advance. I don't care to freaking hear about it. And, and we're in, you know, these people fret and worry about the weather for so far in advance. I, nowadays, it's just like, just calm down. Whatever's going to happen <laughs> right. is going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a good lord. Right. I'm pretty guilty of that, though, because I drive for work. And it's like I'm out there on a two-wheel drive, Toyota Tacoma. And I don't want to get caught in that, but. What pissed me off this last winter is we had a couple of times where they were, like, predicting this just Mondo blizzard to hit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, snow day. So, like, the night before the one, we were supposed to get, like, it was, like, 12 to 18 inches of snow or something so like that. So, you just got hammered. No. Went <laughs> <laughs> to the store. Got, got like, like, got some groceries, some snacks, some pop, you know, and was, like, all ready to have the day off and just watch it snow outside, kick back, watching TV, something like that. Just be lazy. Six o'clock rolls around, my alarm goes off. I wake up, look out the window, and there's no freaking snow. And I'm like, God, yep. <laughs> son of a. Yeah, I have. I've never had the uh, the pleasure of having a job where I got any any snow days. It's because for the last you eight know I years, worked in worked well for the last ten nine or ten years. Yeah, blocks um, from your yeah blocks from my you know shop 
Hagen Body Shop that he worked at for years. And the only way that we were getting the day off there was if the uh, tornado took out the freaking shop. You know, because <laughs> yeah. was, was, he was there whether it was rain, snow, or a freaking hurricane. But, yeah. uh, anyways, I, I think we're going to call her an episode before uh, the old neighbor gets back uh, in the backyard with his mower. We apologize <laughs> for, the, uh, for the background noise. Um, we're doing this at a, like I said, a different time of day than we usually do, but, um, appreciate you sticking with us this long and, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back in two weeks. Um, keep an eye on our, on our uh, channel for, uh, some other, some other videos that we can hopefully be making. So, um, uh, yeah, if you guys, if you guys have ideas for podcast topics, if you have things you want us to talk about or even like products to review, you know, we can go over quickly, just. Absolutely. Just random things to talk about. If you guys have any ideas, tell us in the comments down below. Um, or if you're watching this on Facebook or whatever, you know, comment. And make sure you guys are like liking the video and sharing the video. That's the biggest thing. If you guys enjoy what we do here and like the range day videos on ballistic imagery, make sure you guys are sharing that stuff. Um, you know, if you're yep. on YouTube, subscribe, turn on the notification bell. That way you guys know when we post a new video, um, and make sure you're sharing it. Cause if you have a group of friends that would enjoy the same content, they might not know that we're here. So if you, if you share it that way, you know, you can even meet other people that are interested in the same stuff by sharing that video on. Absolutely. And uh, make sure you check out Ballistic Imagery on YouTube as well as Facebook. He just started a new uh, Facebook page, so check that out. And our channel, of course, on YouTube, Life Short, Live Free. And our Facebook page is uh, Shy Work. So uh, make sure you're checking those out. It would be greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another uh, podcast and some range day uh, videos. And until we, uh, until we see you then. Hope you guys have a great couple of weeks, and remember, life's short, but free. God bless. Cheers, boys.